Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And welcome to another edition of Drive Time Radio just after 8 o'clock in the morning right here in the city of Seattle. And uh, the rest of the country, of course, divide accordingly. And you'll have your time. If you're back east listening in places like Pittsburgh, which I know a lot of you are this morning, especially my good friend Al, who is uh, celebrating a birthday weekend. It is uh, 11 o'clock. The guys at the coffee shop also listening this morning. Thank you so much uh, for that. It's Drive Time Radio. Every week we get together. And uh, we talk cars, we talk uh, life, but uh, predominantly life through cars. Uh, We go through the uh, automotive uh, news of the week, we review cars, we talk to people about uh, certain uh, elements of automobilia or of car culture. And I'm glad to be with you every week to be able to do that, especially in these trying times uh, that we are living in. Right now, it's really, uh, it's nice to have a place to go where maybe we're not going to focus on that. We're going to realize what's going on because what is going on is so heavy, is so outrageous, is so unlike anything we ever thought we would see in uh, this country or in the world that, um, you know, we have to at least share and acknowledge Uh, the elephant in the room, but we'll also try to get away from that and give you some tips and some ways to survive if you're a car person and, um, you know, maybe even uh, have a little fun. We need to try to figure out ways, I think, to have some fun in uh, in these times when things are so much, uh, there's so much heaviness in the air. I mean, you turn on the... uh, uh, CNN, and there's a scoreboard of people who passed away. That's the scoreboard that's replaced uh, the Major League scoreboard every night uh, that you would normally be looking at at this time of year. And, of course, being baseball guys, most of the people I know, uh, me myself being a baseball guy, um, it was said that the opening days were eradicated over the last week. But, again, when you look at the entire world situation, um, you know, we'll get to another opening day at some point. Um, but unfortunately, everybody that's here uh, probably won't get to an opening day. But be that as it may, this is what we have lined up for you this morning. We'll start it out with our top five in just a minute. We will, um, uh, what I'm finding is this wonderful. Um, world of car stuff online. Uh, every time I investigate, every time I look at things that I can go on my computer and look at that have to do with cars, it is especially, um, I, I mean, you go down one alley and you turn a corner and you find this that happens. You go down another alley and you turn a corner and you find out there's this that that's happened. I haven't seen my first um, uh, car show where everybody's kind of met up by uh, uh, what is that that they're using Skype or one of those the conference services. 
but I think it's kind of a cool idea to have, you know, people get together in their garages or, or in their driveways and just kind of go over their cars in kind of a uh, virtual reality car show. Uh, but one of the cool things that will be happening uh, this later this morning or this afternoon uh, will the Peterson Museum down in Los Angeles, which is one of the great automobile museums in the world, uh, has been opening up their vault, their room where they keep the collection. Not just the cars you see on display, not just the cars that you see, you know, um, out on the floor, but all of the cars. The place where the mechanics are feverishly working every day to get a part into this one, to keep this one running, to do this, to do that. The cars that you may not see for 10 years or 15 years. Uh, The rare cars. Well, uh, they've come to an agreement to take you into that vault every Saturday. They're going to do that this Saturday. Uh, Michael Bodell from the Peterson Museum is going to join us and tell us how you can uh, jump on that and get yourself a little bit of an education from the Peterson uh, about some of the cars that they have. I know the LeMay Museum, which is just down the road here in Tacoma, has... A, um, an educational program on their website. So if you have a favorite car museum, and, we'll, and we're going to try to get them on and talk to them about that, but there are, if you are a car owner, so many, or, or just an enthusiast, or just love cars, there are so many things you can do, so many things that you can explore with the certain different um, entities, uh, NASCAR, and the NHRA and all of those different uh, organizations all have these different um, interactive things that you can do. There's even, um, I ran across, as a matter of fact, I did a feature on it a couple of years ago, and I've now kind of forgotten um, where it is, but there's, a, there's a, an old car forest somewhere down south i'll have to dig it up for you the old car forest somewhere down south where they just put a bunch of basically it was a junkyard it was a boneyard and they let trees grow through the cars and so now it's kind of this weird mishmash of nature and because it's been there so long that all these trees and bushes have grown into and around the cars, <laughs> and they actually now let you go in and walk around and look at this this strange mixture, and they also photograph it. I'll get you the link for that uh, during the break. We'll try to find that for you and get you, uh, uh, you know, give you something to look at during the week. But if you have any of... Um, of these uh, things that you want to, you know, let other people know about, please go to our Drive Time Facebook page, um, and we'd be more than happy to uh, let other people know about some of your favorite automotive sites. Feature them on the show. Coming up in the show, as I said, Michael Bodell from the Peterson Museum is uh, going to join us. We are going to pay tribute 
to um, some of the frontline workers in the show a little later today. Our cartoon of the week will take care of that. We'll do that. I don't know about uh, if you saw the that tribute that was done at Elmhurst Hospital in Queens, where I'm from. As a matter of fact, they've saved my life a couple of times at Elmhurst Hospital. Um, but if you saw that where the, the, uh, the police and the fire department uh, got together outside uh, Elmhurst General Hospital at shift change and just blew their sirens in tribute to the health care workers who have worked so, so hard, so, so feverishly to uh, try to, try to um, uh, save lives and risking their own. And it's just amazing to me how um, people can, without the proper protection, without the proper um, uh, equipment, be able to go in there and do their best to try to save people's lives every day. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And uh, I just hope that we all realize uh, what these people are doing for us. And a little later in the show, I'm going to show you something, an idea that I came up with, uh, because we all should be wearing face masks now. Uh, just a little idea that I came up with to honor some of these people um, that, are, that, are, that are saving lives at the risk of their own. If you're going to wear a face mask, just, just finding out somebody's name who is working in one of these hospitals and writing it on your mask to pay tribute to them so that they know that we're not forgetting them. All right, we come back. We'll head out to, to Los Angeles, the Peterson Museum. This is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. We're live on Facebook as well. Thank you so much, all of you who are listening and watching on Facebook. I didn't pretty up my hair this morning. I'm sorry, but I'm glad you're here. I'm going to go through the idea again for you a little bit later. You can go on my Facebook page and take a look at it. I wrote it on there last night. I just think it's a wonderful way to pay tribute to those people who are um, who are stepping in and saving or doing the best they can to save the lives of uh, of so many in this uh, in this horrible horrible thing that's happening to us as a society all right quick break here we come back and then we'll talk to uh, michael bodell who is um one of the directors of the peterson museum down in los angeles it's drive time radio on a saturday morning i'm new york Vinny. hang in there kids we're all in it together and we're all hanging out here on a saturday morning let me give you a quick word about my friends at menashe jewelers and they just want you to know to, that they'll be there when this is all over. They'll be there. Relax. Take it easy. Don't worry about anything except keeping your family well and know that they have your best uh, interest in mind and that they're thinking about you, the Menashe family, great people over in West Seattle at Menashe Jewelers. And they just, uh, they sponsor this show and uh, no, 
no sales pitch, no anything. They just want you to know that they're thinking about you, and from their family to your family, uh, may God look down upon us all and, and, you know, and, and take care of us in this very, very tough time. All right, quick thing here. We'll be back. We'll go down to the Peterson Museum. No matter how you say it, Cruce con la verde, en el medio pierde. It always means the same thing. Atravesate soltanto al segnale verde, mai nel mezzo della strada. Cross at the green, not in between. Geht arriba de gas, norden wenn es green, nicht ergis zwischen den mitten vom block. It means cross at the corner, never in the middle of the block. Don't walk until the light turns green. Always cross at corners where motorists expect you and where you can see them. Cross at the green, not in between. In any language, it's a way of life. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner when the coast is clear. And wait, and wait until you see the light turn green. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. All right, back with you here on Drive Time Radio Saturday morning. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. All right, we get a chance now to um, talk to a gentleman who I have never spoken to before, but I am happy that he took the time to jump on the line with us, spend a couple of minutes uh, with us. Michael Bodell is the deputy director with the Peterson Automotive Museum down in Los Angeles. Now, you don't have to go to Los Angeles to participate with the Peterson. You can go to their website. And uh, what they are doing is taking you, with the help of Haggerty Insurance, into their vault. Michael, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm dancing. I'm tap dancing this morning. <laughs> That's the best way to start. <laughs> exactly. Michael is the deputy director with the Peterson Automobile Museum in Los Angeles, one of the premier museums uh, in the world when it comes to uh, cars and automobilia and so on and so forth. And, Michael, how tough is it not to be able to have people walking through that uh, beautiful building in Los Angeles? It's really tough. It's, it's you know, it's a, a big change for uh you know the museum world in whole and, and for us especially and uh i think the exciting thing is we've still been able to engage the audience and even expand the audience during this closure yeah i noticed that in looking through a lot of museums websites i've noticed that um there really is a, an opportunity here and of course number one you think about what can you do to help people of this terrible disease, especially in Los Angeles that's been hit so hard, my hometown in New York, up here in Seattle. Uh, but once you get past that, what can you do to um, reach out to 
the people uh, that might not know as much about your museum and want to bring them into either cars or museums or the sport or whatever is out there for you? Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, we like to say, you know, we're a cultural museum because cars really encompass so many aspects of culture. Um, and it's really the stories that, you know, bring people together. And so as long as we have a conduit to share those stories, we're, we're doing well. And, you know, with the, the closure, um, one of the, the first things we did is the, the vault, uh, which, you know, our museum occupies a full city block. And we have a full city block underground of really cool car storage that we call the vault. Um, and typically we don't allow photography down there. But as soon as we closed the doors, uh, we started doing, you know, live stream tours uh, in the vault just to, you know, showcase the collection and, and share it with the public. And we've had a tremendous response to that. We've had, you know, 20,000 people um, around the world. Uh, go on these virtual vault tours, and that's in, you know, the span of about 10 or 12 days. And typically over the course of a year, we have about 50,000 people do it, and it's because, you know, we're limited to capacity. So, you know, in a very, very short period of time, we've had a huge, huge amount of people see and enjoy the collection. And uh, we also brought a lot of our educational programs online. So every day there's a new program getting launched, whether it's a, a building activity, a how-to, a book reading, uh, coloring activities. Uh, our education team is, is constantly pushing out new things to do basically while you're at home. Michael Bodella, Deputy Director with the Peterson Automotive Museum, is with us uh, here on Drive Time Radio on 1150 KKNW. Now, when people sign up for this tour, they can go to the museum website. at uh, It's www.petersonmuseum.org, right? Uh, it's just peterson.org, and it's Peterson with an E. Right, Peterson with an E, as in yeah. the uh, publisher of the old Hot Rod magazine. Um, yeah. Will you show them just normally what they would see out on the floor, or as part of the allure of this tour that people will be able to see things that they normally would not be able to see if they walk through the museum? That's exactly correct. So, you know, our our head of collection, Dana, and our um, one of our educators, Michaela, have been the kind of tour guides for these, and they're opening up doors, going under hoods. Dana, uh, who has the best job in the world and gets to actually drive all the cars, has started a few of the cars on these tours, which never happened. Um, so this is definitely an inside look into the collection. And again, it, it's just, you know, that, that little bit more, um, you know, personalized tour so that it is more interactive and it's not just a video that you're watching it's something that you can actually interact with because we have a live comment section on these videos so if you say hey show me Kirby the love bug in the back there we'll turn around and we'll actually do that right you have the actual original Herbie the Herbie the love bug in the museum don't you we uh, we have the uh, the reboot uh, Herbie the one with uh, Lindsay Lohan we had the original one uh, on loan for a little while but uh, we own the kind of third generation Herbie. Well, well, one Herbie is better than no Herbie, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, and ours is NASCAR <laughs> certified. <laughs> 
Oh, man. So, uh, again, now, does this cost anything for people if they want to um, get involved? And do? And what time is this today? Uh, so this is at 11 a.m., um, so you can still sign up. Uh, you've got, you know, it's, it's 825 here, uh, Pacific Standard Time, so you still have a few hours. Um, and if you miss it, there's another one all Wednesday, and you can always email us, and we can share a private link with you. Um, we're not publishing these. These are live, uh, so you do have to sign up to tune in, but they're free. Um, and all we need is basically the time and the date you want to do it. And uh, we also have archival content and other kind of videos that we've uh, had submitted through our partners. So other garage tours, uh, really amazing archival footage of early hot rods, uh, uh, 1970s, uh, late 60s, IndyCar racing and NASCAR racing. Um, we digitized uh, a lot of our video archives prior to this. And so now we're releasing it on our YouTube channel. So there's a lot of content for people to sign up for, even if they missed the tour today. Right. I saw that. There were some great photos of, um, if you're into the Bonneville Salt Flats from the uh, 60s, uh, and even, I think, the 50s, the Timing Association out there, some great black and white photos of some of the um, the all-stars of Bonneville. And if you want to go back and learn a little bit about Spirit of America, Craig Breedlove, and see those pictures that, that I think have been seen maybe once in a hot rod magazine or in car, you know, one of the Peterson magazines, and then that's it. Now you have them on um, on di- on digital, so you can go back and take a look at some of these uh, re- really American history. Absolutely. I mean, we, you know, Robert E. Peterson, you know, founded Hot Rod Magazine in 1948, and before that, there really wasn't a massively distributed, you know, car publication. And, you know, he went to the big three in, um, in 48 and said, hey, would you want to advertise in Hot Rod Magazine? And they said, why would we advertise in this? We sell new cars. And the next year, he created Motor Trend and, you know, really opened the eyes of the world to car culture. And, you know, that's the, the mission of the museum is to really preserve and present that. And right now... Uh, it's all about the presentation of, of, of those materials, past, present, and future. All right. Well, Michael, listen, we really appreciate you jumping on. I hope uh, a ton of people will participate in this because I think it's something that um, uh, gives you a rare opportunity, even if you're not going to get out to L.A. in the near future, especially if you're not going to get out to L.A. in the near future, to be able to look at this vault and look at these cars and look at um, spend a couple of hours taking your mind off of all of the insanity uh, that's going on in the world around us right now. We need these kinds of uh, diversions, and I think, you know, it's a lot better than just sitting there playing uh, some video game for a couple of hours to see the cars that the video games are written about, right? Absolutely, yeah. We have the you know the first Ferrari down there. We have Tuckers. We have Hot Rods, presidential vehicles, uh, hypercars. We've got everything. So it really is a, a great distraction during this time. What's the coolest car you have down there, Michael? In, in your opinion, I, I know you're a car guy. In your opinion, what's your favorite? I'm a big British car guy. So uh, having. Uh, Steve McQueen's 1956 Jaguar XKSS is, is probably 
in my opinion, the coolest car down there. Uh, but we also have the 1947 Ferrari 125S, which is considered to be the first Ferrari. Uh, and then uh, we have some pretty spectacular hot rods. So if you're a hot rodder, we've got the Neekamp Roadster, which was the first Amber winner. Amber is you know, America's most beautiful roadster. We have top dual cars. We have, um, we have a Popemobile. We have Hollywood cars. There's really everything down there. There's over 250 cars and bikes, and uh, each one of them has lots of stories behind it. So I'm a Jag fan, but everybody has a a car down there that they'll fall in love with. Do you have have an Ed Big Daddy Roth creation down there somewhere? We do. We have an outlaw down there. Oh, man, I'm in too then. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Michael, thanks so much for spending some time with us, man. I really appreciate it. Stay safe. Wear a mask, please. And um, and, and thanks for doing this for the Peterson. I think it's going to give a lot of people who maybe had never heard of this before, heard of the vault, an opportunity to get more familiar with the museum and uh, with this, with with cars and and what it means to um, to the history of this country in general. Thank you so much for having me. And I, again, I I, uh, I ripple exactly what you said. You know, everybody stay safe and uh, hopefully uh, this passes soon. All right, Michael, take care of yourself. That's you Michael Bodell from the Peterson Museum, uh, www.peteresen.org. Uh, they're going to do it a little bit later today. You should jump on, take a look. Uh, they ask you for some kind of contribution. It's a pay-what-you-want type of thing uh, in association with Haggerty Insurance, who are big classic car insurance people, um, but... A, a spectacular opportunity to go in and take a look at cars uh, that mean something in the history of not just this country, but in the history of the world and in the history of uh, automobilia in this world, to be able to take a look at some of these different um, automobiles uh, is, uh, you know, you, you just don't get to see them. They're not on display in the museum. Uh, they all in some way mean something to the sport uh, or to the uh, growth of the automobile industry in America. Uh, and now what we call the mobility industry. And just so you know that they're up to date, they have, uh, or I don't know if they still have it down there, but they had it for a while the first electric race car that won, um, I forget if it was, I forget what race it was. Now, it was, uh, might have been Le Mans. Or, I forget now what it was. But uh, the first electric, all-electric race car that won a race. And that's uh, when you start to look at the future of racing, <clears throat> electric is where it's going. There's already uh, an electric race car circuit, and, and no pun intended, and um, I think that that is where we're going to see a lot of growth in uh, the future, green racing. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back with our cartoon of the week. It is Drive Time Radio. It's a, it's a, a little automotive oasis in the gunk of the world right now here on 1150 KKNW.
National Safety Council says seatbelts can and do save lives every day. Buckle up for safety, everybody. Buckle up! Bored with the other stations, hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. All right, back with you here on Drive Time Radio. New York, Vinny hanging out with you Saturday morning. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Uh, time now for our cartoon of the week. Every week we pick a uh, car song out, a uh, song that has something to do with cars or driving or the road or something like that, and play it for you because we all need to have uh, a little bit of music in our lives. And this week I thought we would pay tribute to um, all of the EMTs out there, the uh, the people who are out there uh, working hard, going to different, um, not knowing really, not knowing much about what is uh, in front of them right now except the road, but they're doing an incredible job. They uh, um, go into places and do things on an everyday basis. Now they're faced with not being equipped properly to do it. So I thought we would dig out a song to pay tribute to them. The Flaming Lips is uh, an alternative band that uh, I've always been a, a fan of. And uh, a few years ago, they did a song uh, that paid tribute to um, uh, an ambulance driver that came and picked up one of the members of the band's uh, grandmothers when they were seriously ill. And I thought that this morning, in tribute to the, all the uh, EMTs and the ambulance drivers out there, we would play Mr. Ambulance Driver from the Flaming Lips as our cartoon of the week. Flaming Lips, and uh, the name of the album is At War with the Mystics, Mr. Ambulance Driver from uh, uh, many years ago, and a tribute to all of the uh, EMTs out there and ambulance drivers and medical response people who are out there uh, trying to, uh, and have it in many cases, to make uh, tough decisions. All right, wanted to make a quick announcement uh, to you all uh, this Wednesday at 11 o'clock, we are going to go Facebook Live. We're going to start doing these, try to do them uh, two or three a week at least. Facebook Live, we'll have sound all fixed up and everything. Uh, Mikey and Vinny, Michael Knight and New York Vinny on your Facebook, uh, coming through to you to try to bring, you know, try to bring some levity to uh, the crazy situation that we are in. So don't forget about that coming up this uh, Wednesday at uh, 11, Mikey and Vinny back on the radio. Michael Knight, New York, Vinny back with you, and it should be a lot of fun to uh, do some stuff with Mikey uh, again. We do stuff from time to time, but it'll be fun to have him on, and then we're also going to have um, uh, 
I'm going to try to do a few shows a week. So uh, 11 o'clock in the morning is when we will get them done. And I think it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't know how long we're all going to be doing this. So we will certainly um, try to make the best of it and try to entertain you while you are in, um, well, you can't go out of the house. All right, coming up, we have an automotive review for you. I took out the Chevy Blazer uh, for a week full of fun. Didn't get to drive it a lot because of the restrictions, but where I took it and where I went with it out in the hinterlands, I had a lot of fun with it. We'll have that review for you when we come back right here on Drive Time Radio, right here on 1150 KKNW Worldwide at KKN. Uh, 1150kknw.com. Once again, just a quick word from our friends at Menashee Jewelers in West Seattle. Uh, They sponsor the show, and uh, they just want you to make sure to stay safe, uh, keep your family in mind, keep your friends close to you, call a neighbor, see if anybody needs anything, and be kind to each other at this very, very critical time uh, of our lives, and uh, when it's all over, stop in and see him and tell him uh, thanks for keeping drive time on the air. Local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Right back with you. Right here on 1150 KKNW's Drive Time Radio. Kind of a quick moving show this morning, which is the way I like them. Um, I'm doing a show from the Garden Level Studios here, uh, north of Seattle. Beautiful view. Uh, I can at least uh, maybe turn this thing around and show you real quickly. Sorry for my hand there, but we're just, um, see, just a gorgeous little uh, northwest type view out there, which is uh, part of the reason I hightailed it back here from Pittsburgh, because I love that northwest view, the the trees and the moss and the water dripping down and everything. I had this idea, we'll get to the review in just a second, I had this idea and I just wanted to run it by you, it's on my Facebook page. Um, So many medical professionals are working so hard to um, ensure that uh, our loved ones are taken care of and get the best care possible uh, in some very trying situation, trying circumstances. Often they don't have the protective equipment that they need. They risk uh, risking their own lives. Um, I've spoken to several medical professionals who have told me, uh, nurses, that they, they just don't have the equipment. But you, you know what? They go back to work. They, they make do with what they have. They don't have the uh, medical equipment or the, uh, the protective equipment that they need to protect themselves from the uh, coronavirus. But they show up, and they're at work, and they do what they need to do to protect your loved ones um, while you go out there and walk next to each other on the beach. It just it boggles my mind. Anyway, 
I thought what a very cool thing we could do um, as, a, as a way to show that we support these people, as a way to show that we care, as a way to show, uh, to pay tribute uh, to these people would be a very simple thing. Take the name of a medical professional you know, a nurse, a doctor, somebody who is working under these circumstances. Take your marking pen and write on your mask. Just write their name. I'm writing the name of my cousin, Paula, and her daughter, Danielle, who um, have described to me just the tough conditions that they are working under. You know, at its best, nursing is a tough job. I could think right now, uh, under the conditions that they're dealing with, it's an impossible job, but yet they are doing it, but that's... Um, I know it's reversed, so you can't see it, but that is their names, and I will wear that on my mask that I will be wearing outside uh, when I go outside. I implore you all to get a mask. Please uh, get a mask and um, make sure that uh, you cover your mouth when you're coughing and you're, you know, you're doing all the things that you need to do to put the brakes on this um, horrible thing that has visited for whatever reason, uh, visited the earth. And thank you for doing that. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, put it on your Facebook page. Um, I think it would be wonderful if one nurse looked up and saw the name of another nurse written on the front of a, of a mask. Uh, how could it hurt? And maybe it would just show somebody that we support them. And imagine if all of a sudden all of these names started turning up all over the place. And all of these workers knew that we uh, that we supported them, not just by you know nodding at them and everything like that, but by actually writing down the um, their names and acknowledging somebody. So uh, Paula, Danielle, thank you very much. I know my friend. I, I have several Facebook friends. I don't want to mention them all by name on the radio, but several friends on Facebook that are nurses. And um, just thank you, thank you for the job that you're doing. All right, time now for this week's Drive Time uh, Road Test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, this week's Drive Time Road Test finds us in a uh, crossover that I've been anticipating getting behind the wheel of since it was introduced uh, late last year, the 2020 Chevy Blazer. Now, first of all, if you're a guy my age, a woman my age, you have to forget everything you knew about the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s nameplate Blazer. It's This one is not going to rip its top off and roll over sand dunes for you. Uh, if you want that kind of action, you're probably going to have to look at the upcoming Ford Bronco because that sounds like what they've built into that one they're trying to capture the essence of uh what the bronco used to be and we'll see how that works out for the blazer chevy took a different track uh they're coming up with a sporty um crossover that will uh, make you feel good about driving it and look good 
and give you some class and some sport. Now, from the outside, the Blazer has striking lines, not slabby at all. The Chevy designers put some angles and character into the Blazer. A sloping roofline look helps give the Blazer the most athletic stance of any of the Chevy crossovers or SUVs. It looks ready to roll. Now, you sit inside, and the interior is all Camaro from the dash to the design cues. Front seats are comfortable, although at 50000 bucks, I want power adjustment everywhere on the seat. few places that didn't have it. Um, the controls take a bit of getting used to, but the General Motors Entertainment System works as good as any out there on the market, and the Wi-Fi hotspot is as good, uh, and a large screen uh, you get the best in the business as far as the entertainment system. Now, the rear seat could use a bit of a comfort upgrade, but it fits three across, and for short trips around town, it's comfortable um, and nice and roomy. It gives you um, a little room in the rump, if you know what I mean. Now, the Premier Edition Hydro, which was the top of the line, got the 308-horsepower V6. That engine brings plenty of power to a Blazer's four-wheel drive. Um, acceleration, snappy from a standstill, and even more impressive was the passing perspective when you're trying to go around a tractor trailer or uh, an object on the road, you know, that kind of 60 to 80 acceleration that you really want to know that you have if you're going around somebody on a road or passing somebody on a freeway. Um, it, it did it beautifully. It passed, no struggle, the nine-speed automatic transmission, which is the only one available in the Blazer, uh, really uh, took on that task well, never feeling like you were. It didn't know when to shift. It felt like all the shift points were perfect in that transmission, and uh, it gave you a lot of confidence in driving that thing. As far as road manners, tight, solid, feeling like a... Um, a Matter of fact, maybe even a little too solid for some taste, but you do have uh, an adjustment in there. Uh, it felt a little bit more Camaro than it did SUV, which I kind of liked. It, uh, it it engaged you. It keyed in on making you feel like you were not just uh, riding in the car, but that you were driving the car, that you actually had to become engaged to drive this car. Very, very good feeling. Chevy got this one right as far as those things. Stick a price on the top of the line premier edition of the 2020 Blazer I drove with a full bag of safety equipment. Came in at $49,060. Now you can buy lower end L models starting at just $29,000. Mileage figures. 18 city, 25 highway, 21 combined. The Blazer gets a five-star overall crash test rating from the government. Now, if you're an older Chevy guy like me, it's easy to growl about the Blazer because it doesn't live up to that off-road fun vehicle that was Chevy's answer to the Bronco back in the late 60s. I mean, the Blazer was something that really... Uh, before the Blazer and the Bronco, you'd never seen that truck, that big-size, full-size truck with the short wheelbase and a top that came off. It was something new, unless you were a Jeep. But it was a lot of fun. It was something different, and people bought them up by the uh, as many as they could print. Now the Blazer 
delivers in its 21st century version. Again, stylish, fun, engaging cargo hauler. It's about as close to a Camaro station wagon as you're going to see unless they produce a Camaro crossover, which, believe you me, I think at some point here pretty soon is coming down the line. But again, it's not, you know, you see the name Blazer. It's not the old Blazer. It's a brand new Blazer for a brand new generation. And if you're in that market in that um, and you're looking for something that's a little bit more engaging than average, kind of on the line of the Mazda, Maybe this is something that uh, that you should be out there and taking a look at. I think it's a, a fun a little car to drive. Right, Coming up next week, we are going to, uh, what am I driving this week? Oh, I'm driving the Bison, the Chevy Colorado uh, uh, Bison pickup, which is this, uh, this big harumphing diesel. I'm driving a big harumphing diesel. you got to see me trying to climb into this thing like my that little butt, I gotta hop it up into the seat and get it up there. But it's kind of fun uh, once you get it up there. But we'll be talking about that um, in a couple of weeks. I still have a Mercedes uh, that I haven't gotten to yet that I want to um, talk about uh, next week. Uh, that uh, was a lot of fun as well, and um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to that uh, next week. Wow. Uh, so that's really. Um, you know, going back to the Blazer for a second, you know, it's interesting now with all of these. I mean, we're going to see, um, you know, different configurations of these cars. They bring back the names. And I notice sometimes people get disappointed in some of the names they come back out with for these cars. Um, sometimes they live up to the names. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes we forget that these cars have been through different um, uh, phases of that name, especially when you go back to, well, I'm trying to think of the worst, uh, the worst defender. I guess if you think about Chrysler, uh, Fiat or Chrysler, that those sometimes, some of the cars they rolled out there is Dusters. Some of the cars they rolled out there is Daytonas. Uh, you know, some of those cars that they rolled out there, uh, that were muscle cars. What we were used to in the 60s as muscle cars were rolled out there as a little four-cylinder, um, you know, Dodge Omnis and stuff like that that had stripes on them. Uh, but yet, that seems to have gone back to now, if you put out a Roadrunner, it's going to be a Roadrunner. If you put out a, uh, a you know, Daytona, it's going to have a Hemi in it or a, a big pickup truck or something like that. So that's pretty much cured itself. Uh, and that's why it was interesting with the Blazer, uh, because they didn't aim that at older guys like me, older women. They aimed that at the younger generation, but yet tried to get just enough of the DNA in there uh, that it felt good, that it felt, uh, you know, like, like they would they would trade on the name but not too much, and I think uh, this Chevy Blazer will be uh, a success for him. The only thing that actually was a little weird about this car is that, and I've noticed it now in this Bison, too, that I'm driving a Chevy, is it doesn't have a pull handle over the driver's head. You know how you have that pull handle that comes down, you grab onto it, you 
pull yourself up into the vehicle. This one relies you on, relies you, makes you rely on pulling on the steering wheel. And for some reason, I don't like that. I like that handle up there uh, to grab onto. I've looked at a ton of other um, cars, and they all have that handle up either over the head or in the um, in the A pillar. But for some reason, Chevy doesn't have it there. So um, if you're listening, Chevy, by all means, please put one in there so it'll make it easier for me <laughs> to get in and out of, uh, of your vehicles. Well, that is uh, getting us close to the end of, uh, of this particular program. Um, I, I just want to take a minute also to acknowledge the um the automakers who um i you know i don't know how this whole thing works of switching factories and procuring and doing this and doing that and who pays for what and everything like that i do know though that we ought to be able to as quickly as possible be able to you know make some gowns make some masks Ventilators, I know, a little bit harder, but we ought to have somebody that can figure out how to make a ventilator at Ford. And some of you ought to be able to know how to make a ventilator at GM and at FCA. It shouldn't be that hard. But it looks like they're getting things straightened out. And I I think America appreciates the effort of all of these uh, automakers and, and industry in general working through some tough times here. Um, I, I, you know, again, it makes you proud when you look up at uh, the automotive industry and how it responds, how it responded in World War II, how it responded um, in, you know, different uh, conflicts that we've had and how it has been responding. I just saw a um, note on my Facebook page uh, Will Gock, a friend of mine that works for Volkswagen, uh, was down and brought um, a, a few thousand gowns that Volkswagen, uh, it, it, I guess their upholstery plant or something like that, uh, banged out and brought down to the Javits Center yesterday. Each gown so sorely needed. And as long as these uh, people keep doing this and keep this rolling, hopefully we will be able to beat this disease, uh, this virus, this uh, this horrible thing that is uh, taking us. So please, folks, once again, put somebody, put a healthcare worker's name on your mask, put that thing on, and don't go out of the house without it. That's going to take care of it for me. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll catch up with you next week at 8 o'clock. Uh, Drive Time Radio, if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise, right here on 1150 KKNW.